Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, the head women's basketball coach at Cleary University. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Kevin Hickey. Coach Hickey is currently an assistant coach for Coach Scott Sorensen at Northland College. Coach Sorensen has been the leader of this Division Three college in Wisconsin for the past 11 seasons. And next week, I'm releasing a podcast that I just recorded with Coach Steve Hawkins. Coach Hawkins has been a head coach for over 25 years, an incredible run at Western Michigan as their leader, and now the head coach for the second time at Quincy University. At the end of my conversation, you're going to hear Coach Hawk talk about with so much passion his advice for younger coaches on being loyal. And trust me, it's a must listen. To me, today's guest, Coach Kevin, is the epitome of loyal. If you know me, then you know that I love young people. And we've had some incredible student assistant coaches when I worked with the men at Eastern Michigan. Stellar young coaches like Kyle Leffler, Brad Showalter, Charles Devlin, Bruce Compton, Ariel Bexton, and on and on and on. I met Coach Kevin my last year working for Coach Rob Murphy at Eastern Michigan, and I was simply blown away with this story. As we all know, life happens, and Kevin is such a great example of this. Coach Kevin Hickey started his college education at Bowling Green University. At BG, Coach Kevin was both a student assistant coach and the video coordinator for Coach Lewis Orr. Life happened, and Coach Kevin left college to tend to his mother, who was having some health issues. In the meantime, Coach Kevin would then go to work for Coach Jimmy Reddy at Canton High School. Coach Kevin would assist Coach Reddy and coach the freshman and JV boys teams at Canton, making the decision to return to college. Kevin enrolled at Eastern Michigan. Kevin finished his degree as a student assistant coach with the Eastern Michigan men's basketball program. After graduating from EMU, Coach Kevin was hired by Coach Ricky Yawn at Concordia University. After a great season last year working for Coach Ricky, Coach Kevin was hired by Coach Scott Sorensen this past summer. Coach Kevin is in year one with the Northland College men's basketball program. At 31 years old, Coach Kevin is living his dream. You're a coach who has been told numerous times that you can't be a college coach for any type of reason, then this is a conversation for you. Coach Kevin Hickey's story will inspire you to continue to chase your dreams. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Kevin Hickey and share his story. Kevin, why do you coach? First of all, I coach because I love basketball and it started as a way to stay involved and it almost immediately became a way to be all about the kids and how I can help them get where they may not be able to take themselves both on and off the court. It's all about our players and our program and how I can serve them and others in high school, junior college, any level kid, player, how I can help them on and off the court become a better person. When do you think you fell in love with the game of basketball, Kev? I fell in love with the game of basketball probably in fourth grade. I, uh, I played like a little rec team. I don't even know our record. I know we were, I don't even know if they kept score. I know we won a lot. I felt like we won a lot. I just really enjoyed the up and down, the playing of it. And then that March, I watched March Madness and Philly basketball. And, you know, that's one of the big greatest sporting events ever. And I, I knew then 
that I wanted to be a part of basketball for the rest of my life and something. You know, at that time, I wanted to be a player. I was still young, but quickly found out that coaching was the best path for me. One more thing I want to go back to in your initial response. You said you love to serve players. Mm-hmm. This idea of servant leadership, Like, how did this formulate in your coaching philosophy? That's a really good question. Uh, at the beginning, it was just coaches coach to win games and players are there to win games. And that, while that's true, and that's how we keep our job and and, you know, and, and coach year to year, it's become a mutually exclusive thing where if I help players want to play for coaches who care, players just work hard for coaches who care. And at the end of the day, that just became the more enjoyable part is watching these kids, you know, whether it was high school or college, watching them develop into young men and just on and off the court become greater individuals and do things that they never thought they could do at the beginning. That's become the most rewarding part of it for me. So you were just named an assistant coach for Coach Scott Sorensen at Northland College. Northland College is a Division three college in the state of Wisconsin. Before we get going and telling your story, Kev, who is Coach Sorensen? Coach Sorensen is, you know, a few months I've known him as an awesome individual. He's an intense coach, cares about the players more than they know. He cares about these guys through and through. His knowledge of basketball is immense, and he knows or has a connection to, I, I'm going to say, everything in basketball. I can tell, hey, do you know this guy? And, and he, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I know this guy from this thing or this player from this thing. And it, it, it's unbelievable. And to add to that, he's just a great storyteller, and he uses these stories to connect to everybody. It's not just our players or me or administration here, but parents and recruits and everybody. He's just a great storyteller. And just listening to him talk, and you can just see how intense and how passionate he is about the game of basketball. And it's, it's awesome to be around. This ability to connect with people like how does scott stay so relevant and create these relationships or reconnect with these relationships that he's had so long in his coaching career part of it i think is he's just a genuine person like what you see is what you get like he's not you know you come to practice and he's intense and he's yelling but he's also laughing with the guy like that's who he is he's genuine and the players know that and they you know players know when you're faking it kids know when you're faking it and that's not what he does he's just here i am Here's what I am, and take it or leave it. And 99% of people probably take it because it's a joy to be around. Like I said, he can get intense, and many coach can. But guys know that he cares about them. I don't know if they know how much he cares about them, but the guys just get what he's about. So, Kev, your journey is really, really unique. And I think it could be really inspiring to younger coaches that if they listen to this podcast and your story. So let's start right at the beginning. You mentioned growing up, loving the game of basketball, rec league, college go to Bowling Green, your student manager, you're eventually elevated to video coordinator for Bowling Green. You work for coach Lewis Orr, but you create this amazing relationship with one of his assistants, coach Dennis Hobson. Coach Dennis Hobson was a sensational player at Ohio State. He's one of the players where I grew up, just love watching him play. And he's also the current head coach at Lord University in the WAC. Who is Coach Hobson? I use this word for Coach Sorensen, but Coach Hobson is the same, but it's passion. Like He's just a passionate human being. He has passion for life. He has passion for basketball. He has passion for his players. Just, I mean, you name it, and he has passion for it. He's an awesome human being as well, and you know, he's taught me so much about this industry and how it works. And I wouldn't be where I am without him. You know, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit at Bowling Green and showed me the ropes and how things work in this industry. But again, it all comes back to passion. He had passion invested in me, and you know, he he was tough on me at times. It was a tough love. 
And it's just that passion you can just it eases from him, and you just want to work hard for somebody like that. When I was at Bowling Green working for him, what was an example of his tough love to you, Kev? I did a lot of film for him at Bowling Green as a student manager and obviously video coordinator. He expected perfection. He knew I would never get it, but he wanted it perfect. I told him I was going to have film ready at 10 a.m. in the morning, and it was 10:02 a.m. And I was, you know, even if I was just putting it all together and it was buffering at the time that's what it was or you know coming all together on sports code like he would be like you told me you'd have that 10 calf and he's got this own this own little voice he had for me and you knew he wasn't mad but you just felt like you had let him down and mm-hmm. he, that's the type of tough love and just everything had to be the right way but within reason he was teaching me how things work so kev you step away from college sports and college you go be there for mm-hmm. your mom your mom was dealing with some major health issues as we all know life happens then you transition to the high school level, working for a exceptional high school coach at Canton High School, Coach Jimmy Reddy. Kev, during this time, how did you grow to appreciate the job of a high school coach? Uh, it's probably one of the most rewarding experiences I had. It's watching a 14-year-old kid become an 18-year-old young man. And I just want to say, you know, there's so many good high school coaches out there, and Jimmy's one of the best, and it was a joy to work for him. But you learn to appreciate your players. For Michigan, a public school, we couldn't recruit, you know, in that school especially. It's the random draw from the students coming in there. And you just had to learn to work with what you had and develop what you had and focus on your team and your guys and building that chemistry and culture. And just you, you had to figure it out year to year. It was an amazing experience and one that I will never forget. And it actually taught me probably more about being a coach than anything else is because there was the years I didn't have an assistant while I was working for him as a younger level freshman JV coach and you just have to figure it out and, and it just teaches you so much about being a leader and helping these kids you know like it's deserving leadership on and off the court they're going through so many things it's the most underappreciated job but it's so important and it was so rewarding so Kev then you return to finish your schooling and your role at Eastern Michigan how did you get involved with the EMU basketball program I was going to reach out you guys after I had we can hold in school there and you know I was waiting I enrolled in the spring semester so you guys were already halfway through the season. And then over the right before the season started, the post COVID year, uh, there was something on Twitter about being available and being ready to work for managers and I was like, well this worked out really well for me. So I'm gonna hop on this and you know my interview thankfully went went well. And the next thing you know, I'm in the office every day doing you know what stuff that managers do. How do you interview to be a student manager? The biggest thing for most of the managers is availability. Like they want someone, you know, most GAs are in charge of student managers and they want somebody who can be there most days, if not every day for most hours, if not every hour. Now, again, during COVID, it was easy because our classes were all online. There's a little flexibility, but you just come in prepared that you know enough about basketball that you're willing to learn and that you're available. Mm, That's pretty good. Good advice for younger coaches. So, Obviously, only had the opportunity to work alongside you at Eastern Michigan for one season. But I was pretty inspired by your work and your loyalty to Coach Murphy, especially Coach Tony Harvey and Coach Matt Klein. And, you know, you talked about video for Coach Hobson. You were incredible. You and Coach Harvey, who's an absolute basketball genius, but you would spend so much time collaborating and building these scouting reports I remember defeating Akron, who was a great team that year, and you and Coach Harvey had it down to a T. I know it was a COVID year, but what was your mindset as an student assistant coach a little bit later in your career at Eastern Michigan? So it was to do whatever I can to make my coaches, both assistant and head coach, and you know anyone involved with the program, make their life easier, whatever that would be, whether it would be setting up for practice, 
or, you know, doing film scouts with Coach Harvey late at night. And, you know, sometimes that's what it, that's what it takes or, or doing, you know, doing slides for you for some of the scouts or, you know, just the stuff that would make your life easier that wasn't something that you needed to focus on that I could help you so you could help us win games or help our players be prepared. It was all about lifting everybody and doing your part. And like you said, mine was scouting and setting up for practice or filming practice with people. So obviously a little bit untraditional in the sense that you started at BG, took some time away, finished at Eastern, you know, big time period there. But you mentioned at the beginning, film work at Bowling Green at the end, film work at Eastern Michigan, and I'm sure there was some with Canton High School. But Kev, how have you tried to submerse yourself into video? I just started off something I just grabbed onto because at Bowling Green, most people didn't want to, the manager there didn't want to do it. We had four coaches who wanted to film four different ways, and they thought it was tedious. And that's how I first got into it. It was easier than they thought. And it was a great way to watch basketball and learn and rewatch. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm talking to Coach Hobson for an hour about what Northern Illinois or whoever we're playing next, so his scout is what they're doing. Because I've now watched four games. And Coach Harvey and I would sit there until midnight some nights watching Kent State and Akron, and we're going over stuff. And, and even though it was his scout and he was the one in charge, most coaches, because I put in the time, would willing to ask me questions and would let me ask questions of them. You know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? How would you start this action? And it, it just became a way to learn. And I just embraced it as a way to expand my knowledge of basketball and stay involved. So at 31, Kev, you graduate and you want to continue to chase your dream. That is to be an assistant coach at the collegiate level. You're hired by Coach Ricky Yon at Concordia University. Who is Coach Yon? Coach Yon might be the nicest coach in America. I just got to start with that. Obviously, like you said, gave me my first opportunity to actually coach and learn. And he's not a micromanager, and that's what I thought. You know, and the coaches I had worked for in at Eastern was Coach Murphy, you, Coach Klein, Coach Harvey. Those guys weren't micromanagers, and they weren't at Pulling Queen either. But I just thought maybe it was because I was a manager and a student assistant, video guy that they weren't. But it, it, Coach John is not a micromanager either. And he let me fail and learn, and he was there to coach me up and always supported me when I was out there. I'll add he's the ultimate family man. Wife and kids are his first priority, as they should be, but he manages his time so well. He's so efficient with his time, and it's just, it's, I've never seen someone with such a perfect work-life balance as he has been able to accomplish at Concordia. So what are some examples how Coach really coached you, Kev? Just, I can imagine the first scout I did on my own, we were playing a team, and I was talking to the guys, and I told them, hey, if we play our game, we're going to win this game by 15 points. I'm going to say that I was right. We played our way, and we won by 13 points. But he, you know, he pulled me aside after. He goes, hey, if you say that, those guys now think that they're the better team. And whether regardless of if or not, we don't want them to take their foot off the pedal and we want them to go hard. Again, they probably know we are, but you can't say that to those guys to reinforce it. Just those little things like that. This summer, like anyone, you want to continue to, you know, be an assistant coach, work at different places, you know, obviously make more money. That's the goal of any assistant coach and, you know, progress. But how did you land at Northland College? I think it was the Rising Coaches website. Of course, Lawrence and I posted a job uh, application or that they were looking for an assistant still. And, you know, on the back of your mind, people always say, if you see it on websites, it's too late. But I figured I need to take this chance. It's an opportunity I can't pass up. 
sent in my application. He texted a few days later, asked if we could talk for a little bit that evening. You know, he he said like having 15, 20 minutes of conversation ended up being a 90 minute conversation about basketball life, everything. We just kind of gelled pretty well, followed up on some references on me. And then a few days later, offered me the position. And I originally told him I needed a day to think about it. And about 20 minutes later, I called him back and accepted it. I was just excited and ready to go to work for him. So what has been the biggest difference between NAIA and Division Three basketball? The biggest thing is there's no scholarships at D3. Everything is academic money or as Pell Grants or something like that. So that's been the biggest. You can't go with a kid and be like, hey, I can offer you X amount of money or that sort of thing. And just to focus on students first. You know, we can't start practice until October 15th, student athletes. We can't see them with the ball until then just because they're student athletes. I fully understand and support that. That's the biggest difference. And then just seeing the NCAA, the bigger league, if you will, and just that is probably the biggest two differences I've noticed. So let's circle back to that phone call when Coach asked for 15 to 20 minutes and you end up speaking to him for 90 minutes. And obviously you talked about him being a real person, genuine, having all these credible relationships, caring about players, people. But for younger coaches, how did you approach that phone call and try to be Kevin Hickey, not someone else? That's a really good question. I was prepared. I had started prepared for the interview process for anything coming up at that point. So I knew who I was. I knew where I had been. I knew I have a very interesting story like we kind of touched on. So that's kind of my starting point in that situation. But just knowing where you have been and where you want to go are two very important things because you're going to get asked about your past. You're going to get asked, it's almost every interview, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you want to do in basketball? Because basketball can take you a lot of places, but you need an answer to what you want to do in basketball. And everyone has the answer to what your philosophy is. How do you recruit for the most part? You know, how do you handle players who are upset with playing time? The best question I got asked is, where do you see yourself? And I feel like I answered it well, is where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Because that is such an important question that is now asked in every interview I had. So where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? So my answer to this is 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have told you I'm going to be a D1 assistant coach or D1 head coach or, you know, I'm going to be the best of the best or work in the NBA. And I quickly realized that it's tough and sometimes you need a little bit of luck to get there. But I want to be at the point where basketball is the only thing I have to do. You know, I've had coaching in high school, coaching with Concordia. I had to have side jobs and other stuff to make ends meet. So I want in five to 10 years, would I love to be a head coach? Sure. But I want to be at a position where basketball is all I have to do. So, Kev, what's your current mindset in helping Coach Scott right now? Right now, it's still in where he believes he's weak. I don't think he has a ton of weaknesses. He's been doing this a long, long time. But I want to take everything off his plate as well so he can focus on whatever he needs to focus on, whether that's scouting reports, workouts, practice planning, helping players graduate. So, you know, whatever I can do to help him. So it's either booking hotels, something like that, help him with practice planning. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of scouting here recruiting, film, getting all that other stuff so he can focus on what he believes is important. So, again, I don't want to say the word film is weaknesses. I don't actually think he has a ton of them. We all have our weaknesses. <laughs> he's been around a long time. He knows how this level works, and I'm still figuring it out. But, again, he's, let, he's kind of like Coach Jan. He's letting me go out there and do what I need to do, and then he'll rein me back in when I make a mistake. Yeah, that's really good. Taking things off his plate. I'm sure any head coach really doesn't want to be diving in on the film stuff. So that's pretty cool. So what would you say to any coach who's maybe listening to this and who stopped believing Kev? You know, people have told Mm -hmm. them they can't be a college coach to do something else, to go to the real world. What would be your advice to any coach right now? Don't listen to them. I mean, that sounds simple on the surface level and sounds a little silly, but know what you are capable of. Now, that being said, you can't be 
someone who's lost hope. You can't go and be the head coach at Michigan State tomorrow. It's not how that works. But you got to start small, start local. Like I said, I went to Canton High School, worked there for six years, worked my butt off for Coach Reddy, and then he's and then those people will make calls for you. That's what you really need in this industry. Is someone who, when they reference calls, someone who has credibility above you. You know, if I went to you know when I worked for you, Coach Reddy and Coach Hobson were on my reference list. Well, those are two pretty, at least in the Southeast Michigan, people know who those two are. You know, when I went to work for Coach Yan, I had references of Coach Harvey, you, Coach Hobson, Jimmy. You know, like and then when I went to Coach Sorensen, my references was all college coaches. I kept Jimmy on there just because I worked for him the longest. And everyone should know who Jimmy Reddy is. He was one amazing high school coach. But you need people who will work for you, but you don't get that without working hard. But you can do that. Small schools need help. And they are willing to help you. And coaches are willing to help you. So that's kind of where I would say to coaches who have a stop believing is that you don't need to listen to it, but you got to put the work in. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Kev, I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? I think the biggest one is, and this, this might sound a little blunt, and I've said it before, but availability is an ability. I don't want to talk about myself too, too much, but working for you guys, I tore my ACL, messed around with some of the managers here playing five on five. I blew my knee out, ACL. MCL meniscus. I missed a day of practice and I was there the next day after my surgery. My leg was all wrapped up. I had tubes coming out of it, but I wasn't going to let the team down. We were supposed to play Western Michigan and I needed the scout ready to go for Coach Harvey. So availability and availability. I mentioned it too as well. Be genuine. Players and coaches see through it. I can't remember where I heard this from, but players don't care what you know until they know that you care. So that's the other thing I would say to coaches. And then finally, the last thing, and I believe I got this from your podcast. But never miss a basketball opportunity, whether it's going to recruit high school, going to see a high school game, going to a clinic, being on a coaching podcast, talking to a coach. Never miss a basketball opportunity. I have swore by that since I've heard it, and I strive to do that every week. Well, Kev, those are excellent tips for young coaches. You stole my thunder. I was going to mention how you had surgery. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. It's good that you brought it up. But you had surgery, Coach Harv, myself, Coach Murph, and we're sitting there, and then you come slowly into the office on crutches. And we look at Coach Harv, and he says, he's ready to go to work, Dro. And that's what you did. You went to work. And from that moment on, I believed in you, and this is my podcast, and I like to interview people that I believe in, and I obviously believe in you, Kev. I think I've played a small role with Coach Sorensen, but that's how the the world of basketball works. We met each other a long, long time ago. You worked with me. That's what I learned from Coach White. So we work with each other. Scott reaches out to me, and then you know we we put two and two together. And, and you obviously do the main part to get to Northland College. And obviously, you're going to have a great season for Coach and continue to learn and grow as a coach. But I think it's just beautiful. I mean, you're not the traditional story, the 21 year old GA that just finished playing and then goes in and you know progresses in this business. Life happens. You took some time. The most important thing, and what I loved, you hit at the end of the podcast is you never stop believing, and you didn't let anyone tell you know so obviously you're making the big time where it is at northland college i'm going to be rooting for you hopefully other people listen to this podcast reach out to you follow northland college and be inspired by your story so kev appreciate you being you keep on doing a great job and thank you for taking some time and helping young coaches appreciate it coach thank you and thank you for all you do for young coaches out there it means the world to me that was a great conversation with coach kevin hickey i just love coach kevin's story to not give up on his dreams is, to me, inspiring. And I'm close to 48 years old. After listening to Coach Kevin Hickey, I want to keep chasing my own professional dreams. Here are some things that I love that Coach Kevin said. It's all about our players and how I can serve them. Players want to play 
for coaches who care. Coach Sorensen is a great storyteller. I love that. Coach Sorensen is a genuine person. Coach Hobson expected perfection. Watching a 14-year-old kid becoming an 18-year-old young man is rewarding. You learn to appreciate your players in high school and being a high school coach. The most underappreciated job, but the most rewarding job. The biggest thing with student managers is availability. Do whatever I can to make their life easier for the head coach and the assistants. Some great examples of why young coaches should be open to learning video in this conversation. Coach Yon managed his time so well, he has the perfect life-work balance. Ooh, love that, Ricky. I saw a job posted on the Rising Coaches website. I had to know who I was, knowing where you've been and where you want to go. Where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Goal is that basketball is the only thing that I have to do. Fill in where the head coach believes that he is weak at. Know what you are capable of. Start small, start local. It's important that you have someone on your resume who can make calls for you that is credible. Small schools need help. Availability is an ability. I did not want to let the team down. Players don't care what you know until they know how much you care and never miss a basketball opportunity. Thank you, Coach Kevin Hickey, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. Happy holidays. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.